guys, you know by now, if you're a fan of this podcast and you want more in your wee weekly Sly Guy hamper, <laughs> you can get more. You can head to patreon.com forward slash Sly Guy podcast where you get a guest bonus podcast on a Monday. You get early access to this Sly Guy podcast and you get a guest episode most Fridays. But some Fridays you get vlogs. Some Fridays you get me ranting about stuff. And other Fridays you get nothing. But it's a fun time. And all the bonus content is over there. There's a library of stuff over there. There's all the previous guest episodes. There's other early access. There's the extra Sly Guy. There's Dog Walks with Davey. There's a ream of stuff you can just go back on and enjoy. So if you don't want to miss out, head to patreon.com forward slash Podcast today for as little as two pounds. You can get all that bonus content and help me build the podcast bigger and better than ever before. Sly Guy Podcast is always brought to you in association with Modest Beer. Modest are the beer who do not like the boast. Modest are the beer with flavour the most. Modest are the beer that make you happy. Modest is the beer that's not one bit crappy. And if you want to know more about Modest Beer, head to their website www.modestbeer.co.uk where you can see the line of beers that they have there. You can acquire yourself some merch if you wish as well. And you can sign up to their bruise letter where you get an email of all the up-to-date news of all things modest right into your little inbox whenever it comes out. I don't know why I made a wee bum noise there, but modest like the let's go say leave surprises in your bottom. They don't, but they make delicious beer. So head on to www.modest.co.uk, subscribe to the bruise letter, or follow them on their socials at modest. Guy. Hello and welcome to another week of the Sly Guy podcast. This week I have a guest and my guest is the FBG. Not the BFG, the FBG. And is that the friendly big jack? No, it's the fun ball guy, Ian Thompson. Ian's a comedian, he's a boxer now and he's a gardening guy. He's an interesting chap. It's a fun episode. Hopefully you guys get something out of it, because that's why we do the podcast, you know, for you to get a little bit of enjoyment, hope you get enjoyment, hope you get to feast on this episode, like a walker in The Walking Dead. <laughs> Speaking of which, we do look like we could both be characters in The Walking Dead, both myself and Ian, but that's a joking aside, silliness aside, it's time to get serious with the podcast. Enjoy. Ian Thompson, it's welcome. It's me. To the podcast. How are you doing? Very well, sir. Yeah. Lovely to be here at last. You, look, you know what? You're looking well in the in the lights. You're looking to even we touch makeup on here for this, no, have you? No, just naturally very handsome. He's a natural tanned guy. Well, you're very welcome. I want to ask you obviously about the, the the first question just off the bat. How are you feeling after um Valentine's Day last night? Uh very good. Mm-hmm. Um it was the least Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day I've yeah. ever had. What did you do? What was Talk me through how Ian Thompson's Valentine's Day works. Got up, my missus was at home because the kids were on half term. Said goodbye, went to work, spent a full day at work, <laughs> got home. And then I was looking at uh, dates on my phone. I was like, oh shit, today's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. And uh, my partner said, happy Valentine's Day. And that was yeah. it. 
And there was no like exchanging of gifts. Nope. Chocolate, body N- sauce, nothing. 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 No. Um, so, yeah, very low key. Um, usually we would do something, but it's a little yeah. bollocks, really, isn't it? It is. You know what? It is. And it's also it's a time for, I find, wives to be deceitful, if I'm honest. Oh, really? Yeah, because what mine does is like, Valentine's Day is a load of balls. We don't do it. Don't worry about it. No interest. Don't get me anything. Oh, and then I'll go, are you sure? And she'll go, yes, obviously we need to keep her money for other stuff and blah, blah. And I said, right, okay. Then she goes to the shops and just she made this the, the error of allowing me to empty the bag from the shopping. Um, and when I did, I found like a Valentine's card and a little present in there. I was like, well, for fuck's sake, now I have to go and get you something. So And did you? Yes, I what, did. What did you go for? I got her chocolates right. and I got her a card. What chocolates? Expensive ones, like, mm-hmm. like there were like a, a pack of little bars, but they were like you know those uh, organic ones. I just said orgasmic ones, which would be definitely a ploy you could do at Valentine's. But I got a chocolate. But again, we're both on diet, so right. you know, it'll just set obsolete in the cupboard. What would you classify as an orgasmic chocolate? One that would when you eat it, you ejaculate. Yeah. I would say. I mean, I don't know if there's any medicine in there that can do that. Toblerone can make you ejaculate, but you you don't need no, it. No, but well, yeah, it has to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. it has to go. Another one would be good for that. Would be like a a lion bar. It's quite knobbly, isn't it? It would be ri- rimmed, rimmed, a double dagger, or a boost. A boost. I I like the ones with the uh, a boost is quite. It's not ribbed though. It might be ribbed actually. A boost, but it's not Slightly thick enough. Ribbed, I think. Yeah. I like it because a lion bar or a, or a picnic, it'd have like roughage yeah, around yeah. it with the broken bits of like nuts. S- I like something that's good chew. Yeah, I like something that it goes in painful and it tears your insides. That's what I'm... Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, Divi, I've got you a very sexy gift. All right, okay. It's not really mine to give away, but okay. it's very sexy. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Does anyone really want this? This... <laughs> Oh Might my look god! If anybody knows, this is William Thompson's bra from the the boxing on Saturday. For anyone who's watching the the video, I'm I'm holding it up. It's pink. It's there's an odor to it. It's a very sexy odor. Yeah, it's 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 there's definitely there's testosterone in that. I was going to say pheromones, but it's it's definitely giving off something. Um, it's a. Uh it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a C here. cup, which I think, you know, yeah. it's probably Impressive. not not generous enough. No, um, but William, for those that doesn't know, the of course the boxing took place, the, the long chatted about boxing match, the the St. Valentine's Day massacre, which was weirdly called that because it was nothing to do with Valentine's yeah, Day. true. You know, but it was a great success. I was very uh, fortunate to be front row, ringside, commentating on the events. And it was great to watch the boxing up close. Not so great. To, to watch this and all its flow, William. Um, I I would dispute what you. You know what? Said. But what I will do, this is going on. I'm going to bet this is going on online. I'm going to put it online. We're going to have a bidding war, and all proceeds will be going to me because Pips have got enough. So I start go. the bidding. Yeah, thousand pounds. Thousand pounds. Let's see how it goes. So yeah, William was wearing that outfit, and it was. I mean, I don't know what William's because again afterwards, I did you go out afterwards? Oh, I yeah. Yeah. So you were fighting first in the card. How did it feel? Talk us through the the night itself. How did how did you feel it went? Uh, loved every second, honestly. Yeah. Uh, this might come as a shock to some people, but I didn't take the boxing element that seriously. Mm-hmm. I think there was a spectrum with like probably Shane uh-huh. and the freak McPeak at one end. Yeah. Me at the other. Okay. Um, but everything about it 
brilliant. Yeah, it was actually because I was expecting the night to be fun. Don't get me wrong, it was, but I didn't expect the boxing to be as good or competitive as it ended up being. I think a well, lot of people... after the first fight. <laughs> well, no, the first fight was actually... And I said it, people have asked me what was my favourite fight, and I've said the first fight because I think it set the tone yeah. for the night. Yeah. And again, it was one that I thought... Cause if I've been asked for again for some reason now people think I am the the, the go to oracle of knowledge on the comedians boxing because I commentated on it, but I actually thought the first half was better boxing than the second half because mm. I feel the fights in the first half were more even and more equal, mm. and I felt in the second half there were a few mismatches that sort of maybe let let it down a bit. Like you had yourself and Cormac was a cracking fight, um, Heather and Sarah Jade. Wow! Yeah, that it was, was that was. Brilliant. It was. I hit a slobber knocker. Those two just went yeah. went at it. Um, I knew that one would be a good one, actually. Yeah, it was. It, it was a cracker. Yeah, but um, again, it's like there are two elements to that. I'd seen nothing of Cormac at all. Yeah, I'd seen nothing of Sergeant at all. So there were the two that I'd seen no, no training anything of, and I just thought these are unknown quantities. Yeah, and they were great. Yeah, both of them. There was a, like Pete Giffen as well. I'll hold my hand up and say mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be incredibly one-sided. Like yeah. I'd sparred with Pete probably the, the second week of training uh-huh. and he seemed to get very tired very quickly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, fuck, he, he put up a good fight. He hit Sean with a few big, big right. shots as well, yeah. which whenever you saw it up close, it was, oh, you know, you really saw it and felt it. Like those gloves and pads felt like big, like just bits of rubber. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that was what, one of the things that fucked me over was training where one of my mates were sparring and it was only at the end of it I was like I, f- I felt every one of those days yeah. and then I was looking at his gloves and realised he was wearing 10 ounce yeah. gloves whereas we were training with like 14 or 16 yeah. ounce um, so it did have a bit of a rib injury um, oh the excuses are coming out now well Davey I'm not a man for making excuses but hang on there get my list here oh, <laughs> um, no it was it was just fantastic night yeah like and then uh, I tell you what as well the crack afterwards and pugs yeah was next because you know obviously all the comedians we all see each other we all spend time together yeah but when you're you're gigging you're not 100% relaxed yeah of course you're concentrating on what you're going to say or how your performance Mm -hmm. went and uh, it was just class everyone just sitting having the crack and uh, see I was uh, a bit sad I missed that in the end because I ended up getting getting caught in the but like a salmon, I got caught with the people coming out because where I was, it was right at the. So there's people coming out and they were chatting, and it was it was nice to speak to people, get a few photos or whatever else. But by the time that it all happened, you know, most of the people had had headed on, and I had to get out of the suit. And by that time, it was like, oh, I've got tomorrow to look forward to, which is my full day with the kids. And I thought if I start now, there'd be no. Is that every Sunday? Victory. Well, every other Sunday because Catherine works shift, so she's oh, every right, other. Course, so yeah. every other Saturday and Sunday, I just have the, both the girls and they're insatiable. They're at that age where they're just they need constant entertainment. And yeah. if you're hungover, you know you're you, you need to have um, what's the word patience with yes. kids. And when yeah. you're, you're hungover, I just I just can't cope anymore. I remember my my first bad hangover as a father, and it was just like right, I, I need to change my lifestyle here. Like I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it's do you what was it do you remember the moment or what, what had you been doing or I just what remember, happened like so would move back to Belfast by this stage so my son must have been between six months and a year old and uh, I don't know where I think it might have been a, an Ulster game probably and just went out after and 
drank until the wee hours and the next day he was just like daddy daddy wanting to play and stuff uh-huh. and I was just lying there going please don't look at daddy's face yeah <laughs> like something out of the Beauty and the Beast don't look at my face <laughs> no but I know that I know that feeling well and it's weird because I think I always like I, I enjoy a drink don't get me wrong mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed a drink when I was younger like I think that was kind of the I was one of those guys that lived for the weekend and every yep, weekend I'd have been out and, and, I ha- and I had a great time then I just think the Having kids just means there's so much shit that you have to do because yeah. they can't do shit. They're useless. So you have to be the one that does it. And whenever you're like out of the two of us, myself and, and Catherine, I am a better morning person. So I get up and go more than she would. Yeah. So and she, you know, she's great with them, but it's just first thing in the morning. It's like I know it's going to be me dealing That's with. Very, so very much not the case in my relationship. No. Like, I'm not a morning guy, really. So. Which is weird, because your job, you would think, you're well, a, a, a bright up and early guy. Yeah, but then it's when I get to the weekends, I want to yeah, relax. switch off from that. But, um, yeah, I mean, my kids are now, like, 10 and 12, so they're a wee bit more independent. Uh-huh. Um, and probably in a few years, they'll be the ones lying with a hangover. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. In a few years, you're counting down, they'll be out of the house. Well, they'll be gone. Yeah. Or away forever. I do have a calendar with a countdown on it. Actually. Nice. I'm starting to think about that myself, actually, because they're just getting, they're just getting to the point where it's like, I don't know. Time is just something I have no control over anymore. It's like, I'm always doing something, and then it's like, oh, shit, these guys. And then today, my mom, like this week, um, my parents would normally take them for a day, a day of the week, and they got a bug. So, like, on the days they have them, I'm like, that's work day for me. I was that's like, just oh, no. inconsiderate. So inconsiderate. I was like, what you could do you could go to the top shop, you know, get some tampons, up your bum, <laughs> let all the shit absorb. You'd be grand. Yeah. Imodium and tampons is what I would recommend. But my dad was like, I don't think that's going to be feasible. And I went, well. Well, certainly not without the fetus. No, exactly. Like. Winners win, dad. You need yeah. to get up. That's what I, That's what we need to do. We need to get Tom Smith going to negative people's houses in their faces and motivate them. If they're sick or not, who cares? Yeah. Get through it. Get them around to your dad. Yeah, my dad's actually now, strangely enough, summoned the energy to recover and go over to London today to watch Arsenal Man City. Oh, so, how convenient. I mean, you know, he can't look after the kids, but he can travel. He can go and watch a football match. Yeah. So, you know, fuck him. And my poor mum has the has the wee one now. So I've, I've split them up, the, the big ones with her other nanny, the wee ones with her granny. So now I, when I finish, my mum said, I have to go to the dentist. I was like, you, you just picked that. So when I finish here, I'm just going and I'm going to another the afternoon. The dentist. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just seeing a guy in a white fucking outfit about some different oral procedure, I'm sure. But yeah. Sucking guys off. So I'm saying what mum's doing. Um, like anyhow. mother, like son, eh? Listen, you learn from the best. Gotta say, that's one of my favourite jokes here. The, uh, I've got to let my hair down somehow. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a favourite of mine. It's one of those ones where do you ever do bits and you go, fucking stop doing that. Yeah, I've got to yes. stop doing that because you know what happened. I want to, I, I want to go back to giving off about my parents here. Monday, Monday. What's the comedy club on a Monday evening? It's a staple of the Belfast scene. It's where a lot of people start. I started there. Yeah. What is it? Monday night comedy the pavilion at the bar. pavilion. So yeah. I'd said to look who runs. I was like, look, can I get on? I have a load of new stuff. I need to work out. And he said, yes, you can. I went, yes, great. So I have all these new premises and bits whatever they got sick got no fucking work done on the day ended up doing two new bits which I sort of half looked at and then reverted to the fucking old stuff and I was just what was the point of me doing that yeah, yeah. raging at myself raging but then sometimes you know 
you just you've got to play what's in front of you, Davy, and there's no point in uh, in doing stuff if you're not 100 percent comfortable at the time. Yeah, but I I need to I need to be comfortable because a new show to prepare for, so I need to get the head out and get the new bits. I have the ideas, I know what I want to talk about. I just need to sit down and actually write this stuff. Yeah, that's uh, you know, a very familiar story. Pain, like, what is your process then? If you have an, a bit, how does a bit come to you or how do you come ab- across it? Um, I might just have a wee thought in my head and then that's the great thing about being a landscaper. Like, there's no one interrupting me. I can just sort yeah. of put the head down for a couple of hours and walk about and then I'll have something stuck in my head but and it might be for months yeah. before I'm like, right, I know where, where I'm going with this. But do you get to, say, put the trimmer down and get the phone out and write the notes? Or I do, do you, on, a, yeah. on occasion, yeah. Because I don't know if it's an age thing, because I, I have had an age where I could be in the shower and have a, an idea, and because I don't have my phone near me, I'm all wet and all. Yeah. The idea's gone, and I'm like, what was a fucking great idea? And I gone. had one, it must have been before Christmas, and I was just about to fall asleep. On a gr- I actually started chuckling mm-hmm. to myself yeah. and I was like that's pr- and I was like I need to set up and make a note of this on my phone mm-hmm. and I just couldn't Didn't. muster up the energy and the next morning I woke up and I was just like what the fuck was that about yeah like it, it was hilarious but I can't remember what it is and that's the worst thing I find like if you're something you're like that was great like even looking through the, the new bits there I was like there's something missing here because there was one day I had I got three new bits just from going out and doing things uh-huh. you know what I mean because sometimes I think if you sit in and you focus on writing, you, you get a bit of a block. You know, like I, I can't just pull something out of thin air. Whereas you go and live life, do bizarre yep. things. You go, ah, that could be Shit this. Shit drops in your lap. You know, so like I went and bought uh, crystals one day just because there was a crystal, crystal shop. No, I, I need a crystal. Uh, maybe that's what I'll do next for <laughs> yeah. some inspo. But I went, and I went to a crystal shop and obviously I know Psychic Glenn. And I text Glenn, I was like, what crystal should I buy? And Glenn was like, boom, get these ones. And I was like, okay. So I went in and it was just the whole experience in the crystal shop was totally new to me. And I think like, there's lots of bits in here for me. Mm-hmm. But then there's another thing that happened that I thought was the, the superior bit of the day. I can't fucking remember it. So I'm going to hope it's in my actual new folder on my computer because I normally, I'm like, I'm, I'm like a conscientious nonce, a traditional nonce. I've got different areas where I keep all my material. So I've got Polaroids, which is my notebook, and then have the hard drive, which is the... And then, unfortunately, usually the notebooks where it's all to get. But how, and if it's not on this computer, I've fucked it. I've I need to amalgamate mine because if we bits and pieces everywhere, and then sometimes when I'll sit down, I'll be like, right, I've a notepad, I've notes on my phone, mm-hmm. I've stuff sometimes as well, like in the the comedians WhatsApp group yeah. for uh, the boxing. There was bits and pieces in there, mm-hmm. you know, just replies to each other's jokes yeah. and all that that. I remember thinking, fuck, I should actually do a wee bit about yeah. that. But, um, yeah, sometimes when you sit down, it's just nothing happens. Eh? Yeah, but then you get there, don't you? And then when you sort of get the stupid, stupid idea, like, I wasn't going to do a show this year, and then I had an idea, and I was like, I'll do it. I'll do a yeah. show. I've got a new yeah. show. And then I'm like, ah, I need to put a new show together here, but we'll be grand. See, I'm doing that show, Daft Prick, 24th yeah. of March, Sunflower Bar. Okay. And I have lots of ideas, and it's going to be entirely different to what I've done before. Uh-huh. and in, in what way can you say? Well, it, yeah, it's just, it's going to be more like a sort of personal journey, really, uh-huh. um, which sounds incredibly wanky, but yes. uh, it's going to be sort of loosely based on like Daft Punk. And when I was mm-hmm. sort of in my 
late teens, early twenties, and uh, right up to seeing them live and just shit that went down. Yeah, um, would you be a big Daft Punk fan? Yeah, well, I sort of, I thought it would be quite fun to do something, but and along those lines, I saw Adam Buxton's mm-hmm. David Bowie show, which which was brilliant, and I was like, I'd love to try and do something like yeah. that. And then I was trying to think what artist or you know band or whatever yeah would it go for and then eventually it was like i could probably do one on daft punk because mm-hmm. um of a lot of fun memories associated with them went to stag do in 2007 with daft uh, punk yeah uh, wow. sound lads but uh no we went went to hyde park to see them at the wireless festival and it was just a fucking wonder mm-hmm. weekend it was one of those ones it's only happened with I've seen the Rolling Stones live and Daft Punk, and with both of them, I was going, how exciting is this going to be? Like fucking yeah. a bunch of old boys in their 70s fucking yeah. about playing songs from 50 years ago. Came out of it just going, that's one of the best yeah. live performances. And with Daft Punk, it was like <laughs> some French guys standing pressing buttons yeah. behind their helmets going, <laughs> and again, just like superb. They see with that too, like, because I sometimes find like, what was the best concert you've been to, and blah blah blah. I think there, it's elements that have to come together. Doesn't exactly. It? So like, if you're there on a stag do, you've got the boys. The the atmosphere is good. Yeah. The pints are that you know that can be, class. Like, one of my favorite concerts, I went to see Snow Patrol in War Park, which was just around the corner from my house, which was handy, and I was a bit like, it'll be grand, but I end up going. The atmosphere was amazing about the town. I got there, had a great time. And Bono appeared, which I just was like, I couldn't get over that. Bo- Bono is here in my local park where I walk my dog. What a moment. This is historic. And Catherine was like, would you shut up? And I went, no. She didn't even like you two. doesn't matter <laughs> if I like them or not. It's Bono in my like local <laughs> park. It's Bono. I don't like Snow Troll or no. the park. But no, I hate them all singularly, <laughs> but together, fuck me, what a casserole. You know, That's it. I mean, even, even with certain movies, like... The, the setting, the environment I watched it in and who I was with and all yeah. just adds to the whole experience. Yeah, and are there any movies that spring to mind? Any any ones you've seen recently you've gone, fucking love that shit. I remember going to see Pulp Fiction at the cinema with like, see I was at boarding and methoding and we uh-huh. had like a night out. And well, You were released? Day yeah, release? Yeah, yeah. so we, we had to go, we all went for a Chinese, I think we might have gone bowling or something and then went to the cinema to see I thought you meant fiction. like attacking other students that would be problematic no they were attacking us um, <laughs> but no but went went to see Pulp Fiction and just like I can remember just being in the cinema and all and then the bit like when uh, Son of a Preacher Man comes on mm-hmm. and like the music just kicked in I can remember at exactly the same time me and my mate Bruce that was sitting beside me just leaned into each other and just went Hits from the bomb. <laughs> like when you're like familiar with it from Cypress yeah. Hill, but not the original at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen that movie other times with people. So mm-hmm. I think that, that's got a soft spot. One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest as well. Oh, yeah. It's I remember good. just sitting with a hangover at my mate's house when we were yeah. about 17 and watched it and just been like, this is a very nice setting. You know what? I actually watched that one. It's one of those iconic films that everyone has heard of, has referenced so much. and. Mm-hmm. And like I think my dad would use that as a phrase, you know, if someone's being a little bit, you know, misbehaving or whatever, they're being a wee bit not themselves. You think you fucking need to be in there with McMurphy and all. And I'd be like, what's that even mean? And then I saw it, and actually he, it was him that made me watch it. And it was one day, and I, I was living at home, I was probably 18, 17, 18 at the time, and I had a hangover. And I, I always liked to watch like classic films with a hangover. Yeah. So like 
I especially love films like like old war films like Zulu. I love to watch The Hangover, uh, The Great Escape, one of my favorites. But I said, my dad was like, "You need to watch this," and I did. I remember sitting with him and watching it at the start, being like, "Fuck this!" Is, and and then just getting caught into it, and then just sitting for the whole entire film, the both of us. I went, "That was fucking brilliant." Yeah, yeah. Like whenever the, the chief gets the water cooler, and he's like, oh, fucks it through the window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a Simpsons episode party that, isn't there? Like, I'm not sure. No, so this there's, is there's quite a few movies that I've seen, and you know it's been parodied somewhere and I was like oh fuck that's where, that's it, is where it is yeah. yeah but no one flew over with cookies it's sad too isn't it it's it like, is it is it's a sad one but and, it's, uh, it's I've been in mental health facilities not as an inpatient uh-huh. but uh, I just remember like certain scenes springing yeah. to mind because like I had actually seen that before I had been in a in a mental institution myself for work like I was remember I went to Windsor House it was yeah that's where time. I was but it Windsor House was like something it was like that set you know it was such an old yeah. school because like, obviously it's been been knocked down Aye. and rebuilt to be fit for a purpose but yeah. I just remember at one point like you know that great sort of open hall at the front you walked in and there was like a an old school like bed just sitting aside and there was like the glass wind, stained glass windows and stuff and I remember sitting waiting for someone to come in and like get me to go for this like conference meeting about uh, one of the patients and there was just a, a girl probably maybe 16 17 just walking around in a gown and I was like well this is something out of a horror film I know you know I this know, is yeah. I don't like here you know and I was probably like early 20s at the time like fuck well, why am I even here uh-huh. like what do I know about anything to yeah. be having a meeting with a psychiatric doctor and so did you just team? lift the water cooler fuck it through the window I just lift the water cooler I actually fucked it up the 17 year old girl I was like get away I was like fucking silent hell have a word with yourself freaking out yeah put a jumper on any wonder you're fucking but it was it was it was a scary spot and then do you ever get into like wee wormholes and you sort of see something and you're intrigued about it mm-hmm. and you google it and then you're up getting down like All the time. lobotomy wormholes and you're like why all the shit that goes on then you go so then the thing that happened recently was my mum and dad live in a development near like an old I thought you were going to say my in a, in an institution. In a yeah I got them put in the winter house I was, uh, <laughs> that's why I was there I was scouting it's like it'll suit them you got them in when it was demolished yeah, I just got them in sorry um, they live near an old place which is like apartments now but I just found out like it, I thought it used to be an old hospital uh-huh. but it was an old insane asylum right like back in the day so now I'm like well this is frightful, frightful. Yeah, yeah and then people are like there's an old graveyard and all from like old inmates and old you know so before it was an institution I believe it was like an old home like mm-hmm. a proper stately house and then the, the servants were buried in this wee graveyard down it's spooky man one of my uh, former job well the current employer that I'm with used to have a contract for uh nuns cemetery so it was a private cemetery uh-huh. only nuns were buried in it and um, only nuns there's a wee a few of the only <laughs> <laughs> spinner great website um, like you had to go down and cut the and you literally had to run the mowers over their graves yeah. like because there was no sort of plot like yeah. it was just a Celtic cross uh-huh. their name their date of birth their date of death and possibly a wee passage from the bible and uh, you, you just had to go along with the mower and strim around the metal heads. Uh-huh. It, um, it was definitely, made you feel incredibly atheist Protestant yeah. when you were running. 
Yeah, you're like, this is what we wanted all Because some of the guys were just like, I don't want to go there. Like, yeah. I'm not doing it. Um, it is. Because the thing, thing about nuns too, they are like children associated with like in a lot of horror films yep. being creepy and scary. Yet if you met a nun, I'm sure they'd be lovely. Well, you know, I have zero experience really, other than when I worked in the airport, I remember like checking in a flight or something with a group of nuns. But... Mm-hmm. I've like never. it wasn't going on hand it was actual legit. No, they were going on hand yeah. Oh, right, okay. Um, no, no, they, uh, I think they were going to Lourdes, uh, you know, for... To praise the Lourdes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they they had sick people with them. Um, but anyone I know, like a few of my mates' mums went to convent schools mm-hmm. and stuff. They cannot speak badly enough about nuns, like. Yeah. Um, but no. I, I always remember in the airport, like there was a group of nuns taking a group of, like... Children. ill and oh. disabled people to T- lured and I can I can re- remember seeing them coming back right uh-huh. and th- th- there must have been like a group of deaf people and uh-huh. I was sitting there and these deaf people were like pissing themselves laughing uh-huh. about something yeah and then it was amazing because you could see the nun then doing the sign language yeah. to the other one uh-huh. and then they started laughing and then there was a blind and deaf person so they uh-huh. were doing it on his hand the hand yeah. and it was just like I would love to know what, what the banter what is? The crack is? They're yeah. probably going, look at that bald cunt over there. I thought they, I thought you were going to say as they came back, like they went out and they were like, and then they came back like, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's fucking stereo sound here. We're, oh, we're flying. You've got, forget 2020 vision, I've got 4040. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not, but I do think that's like, to, to the nuns and the priests or ministers, whoever, whatever denomination or. Do they not think like when there's like you come here to get healed and after maybe like the third or fourth trip that nobody's healed they're not like maybe this isn't going to work yeah. this trip to Lourdes you know yeah but then I suppose a lot of people pin a lot of stuff on faith especially yeah. when you're desperate you know yeah well there's that so who knows what I would do I thought you were going to tell me they were taking them there to kill them maybe some people just love a free holiday yeah well, like, that's, you know what that's fair because they don't get anything really else do the nuns they just have to wear those black Unitards and I think they're pretty slick though. It's yeah. good look, you know. Classic black and white. You know, know. slimming. Yeah, to be fair, I'm, it's, it's it's a fair point. But they they don't really have. You don't really see a nun with like a real, you know, forward thinking, fashionable do. Like you know, Paul Stafford's not going to be cutting a nun's hair. You know, it's always very basic. Well, certainly not if he takes that uh, attitude. No, but I mean, yeah. I don't think it's if he goes down to a convent. It was mm-hmm. like, what's happening, nuns? No, but do you want to have like a modern hip? Yeah, cut. Do you want to be the coolest it, bitch in the convent? But like, is there something in the Bible that says Jesus is not down with hip haircuts? I don't think so. I think Jesus was probably a bit of a hipster himself. Yeah. Like. Well, Jesus, I think, was a potentially uh, a gay man. So really, yeah. Who I just, knows? I just get the vibe from him. And as a guy who myself is a closeted gay guy, I look at it and go, yeah. I can see Jesus hanging about with these guys all day. Great shape, you know. What's the gayest up. thing you've ever done? Um, had a orgy with three minutes. No, um, <laughs> the gayest thing I've ever done is probably Sight the Wizard of Oz is my favorite ever film. Right. Yeah, I think that's up there with the gayest thing I've ever done. Um, because I would I would argue that I'm gay in every aspect apart from like being attracted to dudes. Well, Other than that, I always said you know, like you know we're all a little bit gay sometimes. Yeah, it's true. Um, and Connor Keyes' new theory that I'm all on board with, he says we're all bisexual. All uh-huh. men are, that are married are bisexual. I was like, how do you mean by that? And he's like, well, if you just, if you're married, so you're not going to like do anything else. So you may as well say you're bisexual. If it takes a box, get your head somewhere. Be like, smart <laughs> thinking. 
Old yeah. Keezy thinks out of the box. He does. I literally, as a bisexual, he's like, it's not all about the box. It's about boxing cocks. Gayest thing I've ever done is probably kiss them on the ring. Nice. Was me, that on Saturday night? Yes, me and mm-hmm. Cormac had a, a wee kiss on yeah. the lips at the end of our fight. And then you rimmed them afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so a little kiss. Aye. So that and what, what's your relationship with Cormac like before the boxing and, and now after? Good, you man. Like, yeah. do you, are you close or do you... Not particularly. Uh, Cormac I've met like 10 times, probably, yeah. but always a fan. And I was saying to him on Saturday, like I can remember his first gig in the pavilion and you're always sitting there like well I certainly am mm-hmm. when someone is up there regardless of who they are yeah. for the first time it just takes so much fucking yeah. balls to do it and I'm always sort of willing them on and I remember Cormac getting up and you could tell there was a wee bit of nerves but he was very uh, confident in what he was mm-hmm. saying and I remember sitting there after like a minute going he's gone a long time without getting a laugh like yeah. this better have a fucking good punchline and then the punchline came yeah and the place erupted yeah um so yeah i mean nobody really sees cormac very yeah. often i think i might have said on comedy he's an enigma he, he really is yeah he definitely and, and like that was the thing with seeing the training you can never know what cormac's going to turn up because we know he's a fit guy yeah we know he's you know I, I thought again that you two would be a close fight it would be a good fight but I know, like he um, is a bit of an oxymoron in some respects because he would like he likes his he likes to smoke, but then he does, also yeah. he runs everywhere. That's, that's so what like, I was relying on yeah. performance reducing drugs to to give me a mm-hmm. a foot up. But um, yeah, I think when you're from West Belfast, boxing's on the curriculum in yeah. primary school. So, yeah. um, but now here, I really hope that he gets back doing gigs soon. No, hundred because as a stand up. He doesn't really do it, but he yeah. is very good at it. Like, no, he's very smart and he's a very funny guy as and, well. Yeah, really funny guy. Another thing I would say about Cormac and probably Kieran Bartlett is on the local scene of all the comedians, I would say those two are probably least like their on stage persona. Yeah, when you stage, actually yeah. get yes. chatting to them, yeah. Kieran he's probably softened up a wee bit, and I think he said that when I yeah. was on his podcast by his own admission you know he's not really telling everyone in the audience to kill themselves yeah. as frequently yes but um, he'll sort of dress it up and deliver it slightly subtly yeah no, they, they would be two that would be you wouldn't expect them to be like the way they are yeah no, you know? I was just taken aback by how warm and sincere both of them were when mm-hmm. I sort of got to know them I'm like you're a horrible bastard sometimes yeah. when you're up there but uh, see that's it sometimes people need to know what you're doing on there as, a, as an act yeah you know? exactly I have people say to me you're a horrible dad I'm like actually probably one of the best yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I love being a dad but that's not funny so yeah. you know I would never dare speak like ill of my kids in a non-comedy way you know because I love them the bits but it's funny to call them pricks exactly so, exactly um, I remember being like when I lived in Edinburgh going to Jerry Sadowitz mm-hmm. at the oh, uh, Underbelly. Wasn't recently, was it? No, it, I tell you when it was, uh, about two weeks after Madeleine McCann disappeared because oh, no. that was featured and oh, no. that was very raw at the time. Uh-huh. And I know, I think we've had this discussion, like yeah. it's not something I find particularly funny anyway, no, like no, because no, regardless no. of what's going on, it's a tragedy. Yes. Um, and oh God, he was making like racist comments, but... Uh-huh. Like I mean, there were there were 
people there that I thought might have got up and walked out that, yeah. that were laughing. Yeah. And then there was other people getting up and walking out. And then afterwards, I remember being at the bar and just turning around and he was right beside me talking uh-huh. to this guy. I was waiting to be served and just listening to him chat. And I was like, he's the nicest guy. Yeah. Like, you know, he's just, yeah. he was having this conversation with somebody and uh, just came across as really sincere and, and sound. Yeah. And I was like, that, I think that was the first time I realised yeah. it's an act. Yes, you know? yeah. But no, it is It is weird because like, obviously Madeleine McCann is something that I think my view on life has changed. Because when she first disappeared, obviously there were people making their jokes and saying whatever about the parents and all and you'd sort of go, huh. you know, it was almost a punchline. Like when people still use yeah. it now, you're like, shut up. I know, yeah. But see, since having kids and then... Watching, I watched the documentary on Netflix, and I'm not ashamed to say I cried watching it. Uh-huh. I was like, "This," because you, you associate with your own kids so ah, much, yeah, yeah. and you look at how she disappeared, and you're like, "That's back in those days." Even when, like, I was left all the time. My parents oh, were all days, yeah. and like, it wasn't far from there where they were, aye. and you could advise on the, yeah, yeah. the room. But then, obviously, whatever happened happened, and it was just so tragic. And it's the fact that no one knows what's happened to her. That you know, I think that, that makes me the saddest is that the parents still, still maybe have that little bit of hope. Yeah, that she'll be fine but comedy podcast guys welcome listen this is it but you know what it's all behind isn't it because at one point like I I think now if people there's certain things that if people still joke about you're like come on that's one of them I know know. Um, there are certain things like I would say before the pandemic I didn't have much material sort of related to the sectarian divide yeah (laughs) and then first couple of gigs back I said a couple of lines that Mm-hmm. seem to go down very well and then I've become almost too much the other way it's yeah. all sectarianism but, and crude innuendo but sometimes that. that's uh, what gets the laugh too and I, and I think whenever you're sort of starting off you think to yourself I want to be this like you have this almost I'm going to do this high brow intelligent and you're like the currency's laughter Dicks. you go where what's yeah. the laughs you know what yeah. I mean you go and the people like like I think I'm quite fortunate in terms of like I'm not really political at all I was brought up in mixed marriage and very anti-semitic but oh yeah of course I never met a Jew liked but <laughs> I <laughs> I would always sort of like never have one view or other but then would kind of be like well if I'm in you know West Belfast I can you know tease both a bit yeah 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 if I'm in East you know I can, I can sort of mix it up now I do tend to find as somebody who like I'm technically a Protestant because you know my, my my Protestant granny lived closer and was adamant to take me to church and my mum and dad wanted to buck on a Sunday morning so that's fair enough technically I'm a Protestant but I have found my worst gigs have been in working class Protestant areas yeah yeah. because I think sometimes we and I'm saying we in this one take ourselves a bit too seriously yeah I, well I've had that conversation with quite a few people and it's amazing I mean Straban I was there three weeks ago doing the boiler room. Yes. And addressed the room as dirty Fenian bastards and they gave me an applause break. Yeah. I've used the same line mm-hmm. in other situations in yeah. probably areas that weren't quite as uh, yeah, green. heavily populated yeah. by the Greens. And uh, yeah, I think that there's an element of people don't know how to react to it. Yeah. Um, whereas in Straban and West Belfast, they're like, hey, that's us. Yeah. No, because I think sometimes the words as well, people be like, like, 
I had a bit that I, I, one of my earliest bits years and years ago was a bit of like a, a pun on the hunt joke. It was like I, yes. I'm, I'm so non-sectarian that I, I this. Like I, I dumped a girlfriend because she was like fine to my face, but whenever we were apart, she was like fully sectarian, and she'd send me a text being like, "Oh, what do you want to do tonight, hun?" I was like, "How rude!" What do you think I want to do tonight, Finian? You know, and I was like, <laughs> and then she dumped me. You know, so it was something along those lines. But I, I don't know. I just think we all need like. Some and I think it's that approach that if some people go to gigs, they're like, "Well, you know, we're going to be funnier anyway." And it's like, "Oh, are you, mate? Are you? You're burning Manning recycle jokes in your taxi. Shut up!" Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but you get everywhere, wankers. Exactly. Everywhere. Every walk of life, there's always yeah. some arsehole, isn't it? And super tough. And you know what the worst? Another one. I think it's a bad demograph. Are people who are not at the level that they think they are. You know, they think they're more, they're posher than they are. They have a higher opinion of themselves. Yeah. And it's like, nah, you're just, you're straight. Because you find that the wealthier people aren't the ones that talk about it. Yeah. You know, they just can't. And I, t- I tell you what, like, there's a few of uh, my clients in, or our clients, I should say, who are like mega wealthy, uh-huh. right? Like multi-millionaires, I would say. Yeah. And they're the nicest, soundest people. Nothing is an yeah. issue. Like, you know, they say, oh, would you mind, like, if it's not too much bother, could you yeah. take a wee bit off that hedge or whatever? And then you get other ones that, you know, they've made a few quid yeah. over the years and they're just like, mm-hmm. you pick up that dog shit? You're yeah. Like, Probably not. Yeah, because see, that's the worst for me whenever I have, like, we had a, we get our, a guy to come in and cut the grass once a year because it, when it gets, like, that winter cut, because I only have a wee gimpy electric streamer. So this old guy comes in with this big oil lawnmower and he, he, I don't know if he can speak, he just goes, huh, and he's the most miserable guy. But I am always like, oh shit, I need to go out here and make sure there's no dogs see, this, You see, like, you know? but people just leave it, I say. Anytime I have a tradesperson at the house for anything, first thing, do you want a cup of tea or coffee? Yeah. Like, Get them on your side. Yeah. Um, there was one garden we used to do where every week when I went, there was dog shit everywhere. And one of my colleagues was like, uh, fuck them, it's, it's yeah. not our job. They pick it up, just plow over it in the mower. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but then we're having to lift the mower yeah. back into the van or the trailer. Yeah, full um, of shit. So what I started doing was taking a spade and just going along one half of the garden, piling it up. Uh-huh. I'm cutting that half of the garden, huh. moving the pile and anything from the other half yeah. over. And I was just like, I'm just going to have a Mexican standoff for this guy. Yeah. Like, I am not putting this dog shit anywhere other than his lawn. And after about six weeks, there was like yeah. a mountain of feces. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you know, he gave in. And mm-hmm. and was there any awkwardness with him? Was he like, what are you doing? I like? never met him. Yeah. Never saw him. Um, he was always away at work. And... Uh, yeah, it had a tiny wee dog, but oh, I'll tell you what, some some arse on the yeah. thing. Like, see, my dog, he will just he likes to save a shit for his walk. Uh-huh. So like he'll maybe like the other day he didn't get out for a day, um, because when everyone was sick and I had the kids, and when I got out, I think he did six shits, and I did like out of the six, maybe four were double handers to try to collect. Like they were big units, like yeah. And he, but he he doesn't tend to shit in the garden anymore. He's quite picky about it we have a cat and I don't know where she shits but it's not my garden <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, like a litter box for her and she just ignores it no she just prefers to go al fresco nice so, I like that uh, from her on occasion she'll she'll use the uh, litter tray but uh, you know speaking from experience Dave it's nice to, to yeah. drop on outside sometimes it is, like. is alright have you ever done a number two outside I, oh yeah alright regularly like on the job during the pandemic um there were a few occasions because 
You see all the toilets and garages yeah. and Tesco's and all the world closed. So what's the, what's the prep then? What did you get into like a habit of bringing bog roll with you? Or well, you we pretty much always have bog roll in the van anyway mm-hmm. because it's useful sometimes if you get like strimmed yeah. ju- garden juice back in your face or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had obviously hand sanitizer at the time uh-huh. and still do. And, but uh, it's sort of gone out of fashion now. The hand sanitizer don't see that shit anywhere. Well, I, even before the pandemic, mm-hmm. I would keep a supply of it in my bags. Yeah. You know, after a good gig, everyone yeah. comes up. They're like, "No, that was fucking yeah. classic." You're like, I just saw see, you at the urinal two yeah. seconds ago. Like, that's um, good, and and it also takes off the writing, the cheapness in your hand. Yeah, lazy. Yeah, although what I tend to do is have a have it on the back on, of my drink yeah. on a freezer level. See, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so just go behind a bush with a spade. Uh-huh. Dig away hole. Bury it. There you go. There you go. In people's gardens. Just burying shits in the garden. On occasion, yeah. Cut your grass and there's a wee secret. There's a wee surprise <laughs> for you too. <laughs> Bit of compost. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, and then just blame the guy's dog. Yeah. I mean, that's what you could have. You could have just shot behind the mountain of shit and no one would have even know. I saved my shits until I got there every yeah. week. Like, like so. the, it turns out that was the that was the, the M Night Shyamalan twist. It wasn't even his dog; it was just <laughs> you shitting every he's, single week. He doesn't have a dog. He's at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? I see dog people, but it was like the Shawshank Redemption. I was just walking about, <laughs> shaking it out of the bottom of a trouser leg. Oh man! But that, that that's something I imagine being a, a fun. Like I I look at jobs and I go, what job would I like to do? Like, and I always enjoy doing the stuff in the garden. Yeah. But then I never do it on a bad day. Yeah, you well, that, that, that's the thing you see on the bad days. You don't, you know, when you're sitting inside and it's pissing on, you're looking out the window yeah. and you're like, "Fuck, that's brutal out there." When you're actually out in it and you've got all the gear and headphones in, mm-hmm. you don't even notice how bad it is some days until yeah. you're driving home and you're like, "Fuck, like this road is like a river." Yeah, but do uh, you find it to be quite therapeutic, or do you get stressed out doing it? Never get stressed out doing it. No. Um, it's there's nothing stressful about it and it's great for just uh, you know being able to sort of keep on top of your weight for a start and just even with like if you've got a bit of a hangover yeah you know if you're sitting in an office all day with a hangover it's torture get outside for an hour yeah doing physical work and you're sorted like yeah see that's what I find with the dog walks help you know if I feel a bit miserable I get him out yeah, happy sorry. I was listening to uh, our wee podcast yesterday. Shout out to those chaps. Mm-hmm. I'll get that edited out, Ben. Cut it, <laughs> cut it, remove. <clears throat> Shout out to those cons. Um, <laughs> but Pete was saying that uh, he and Sean Haggerty were in touch on Sunday, uh, and he was like, "How are you feeling today? Uh-huh. My body is broken after the boxing." Yeah. And Haggerty was just like, "Yeah, same here, man. I had to just like go out for a run there to sort myself out." Yeah. And Pete was like, that is the last thing I would be doing yeah. today. But it's, it's one of those things that, like, I, I, I at the minute, probably miserable to say it, but, like, I am struggling with my weight a bit at the minute, and it's like, I've, I would in my, in my like, past, I've been a lot more active, played rugby, done sports, worked out a lot. Sea swimming, I just do that now to hunt people, but <laughs> but I feel like I've got so much, it's, it's got to the point where, like, before I would have gone, done a workout, would have done something about where it's got into this, like, rut to the point that it's like, nah, I don't feel that at all. And it's only now getting out with the dog, eating a bit better, that I'm like, nah, you can feel a bit better if you actually do, you know, treat yourself a bit better. Yeah. Rather than oh, completely. Struggle, you know? Comple- I mean, usually after Christmas, like, I would do dry January, but not as like, oh. Yeah. It's because my body's like, right, fuck up, seriously. Yeah. That's six weeks of recreational gluttony and boozing you've been yeah. doing. Wind it up a bit. And my birthday's the 1st of March. 
got two weeks, guys, to Gifts. get your presents lined up. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I would go from New Year to my birthday. Yeah. Without having a drink. Yeah. And uh, you just everything is so much easier. Mm-hmm. No, hundred yeah. percent. Like I, I mean, I don't really drink at all. You know, mostly because I think with gigs and stuff, uh-huh. I always have to drive. Yeah. I am. So I just and the kids are the big reason that I don't. But like for example, we're going away this weekend for the night on Saturday to Carlingford with another couple and no kids so we'll have a, have a few drinks I'll probably eat whatever I like but it's trying to find that balance of so now I'm trying to just eat really well and exercise during the week Yeah. and at the weekends not do whatever you want but just know that you don't have to watch that or time that day if you want to have a have a, a coffee or a bun or something you can have it as long as you don't be you know having all the other shit with it so yeah yeah um, i was trying to do that so i'll have a couple of drinks and even now like back in the day i would have been a bit out of drink till i was blocked because now i'll drink and then be like ah, that'll do me you know i've got what i need yeah. out of it so saturday night was probably the biggest session i've had in at least 10 years i would yeah. say but yeah it was a weird one because people were buying shots and stuff and plugs yeah. um but I think with the adrenaline and also just like CTA, the love yeah. in the room, um, just chatting with everyone off duty yeah. and having the crack, I just didn't find myself getting ridiculously pissed. Uh-huh. Like I was certainly pissed, but yeah. uh, and then got a taxi, dropped Ronan Boyle, his uh, missus and his mum. Off mm. at their hotel, got home. About I was going to say to Straban, like you were blocked. Oh, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, Got home at about two, went into the kitchen and there was like half a pie sitting. Uh-huh. And I was like, I've not actually eaten yeah. since half through this afternoon. Opened the cupboards, like there's a bottle of red as mm-hmm. well. Sat up to five watching the Ireland-France game. Yeah. Um, and it's been, yeah, a long time since I've done yeah. something like well, that. That's a lot of fun though, a pie, rugby and a bottle of wine. It's yeah. Hard to beat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was great fun. And then just replying to all the messages it got on the back of the box mm-hmm. and stuff. So. And how did you get on then the next day with a hangover and the like? Well, that was sort of penciled out in the calendar. Yeah. Like, don't expect anything from mm-hmm. me. I, I'd left my car down um, on Bedford Street or somewhere. And oh. uh, it was about half five before I was fit yeah. to, to, to go and retrieve it. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, I would relive every second of that mm-hmm. night if I could, David. Now here's the question too, if there's going to be another one, which I assume there would be, because listen, money talks and yep. there's a lot of money raised. Would you be interested in competing again? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Would, would you want to do something different? No. I would I would do it again mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. Um, somebody pointed out to me afterwards that um, the age gap between me and Cormac would be like me fighting a 56-year-old. Yeah. So either... Someone my own age, looking at you, Teresa Livingstone, or uh, Kevin Hart is my age, or yeah, someone yeah, in, a bit older in their mid to late fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's it. I think there'll be probably again. There's talk about putting on a new one and announcing it soon, but I think now nah, that you don't want to keep hammering the same yeah. thing. Give it a bit of time. It sold out quickly. It'll sell out again, um, and do that. Like see, being ringside, I'll be honest. I was like, I wouldn't mind to go with this, man. You but were, you were excellent, by the way. No, thank on you. The commentary, but I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah. But there, I was like, you know what? What I will do is maybe go to some training sessions with people and uh-huh. like spar and have a bit of the crack. Yeah. But I think I'll like just try to get the weight off and keep the commentating because it was great fun. I loved yeah. it. No, you you yeah. were really good at it. Like, and I mean, obviously there was the comedy element, but you had to maintain a bit of like professional. Yeah. Uh, 
keep the night flowing and keep the yeah. punters entertained. See, that was it. There was one part there were a couple of people tried to just come and chat in the middle of it, and Dan had to be like, "What?" And then someone was like, "Oh, I'll just jump on." And he was like, "No, yeah. this is not how this works." It's yeah. like there's a stream of I think one literally of literally thousands me. of people. <laughs> no, you were all right because it was sort of all it was. It wasn't in the middle of like a fight or someone was like, "I'll just." Jump. But he was like, "No, sorry, we've got a." And then there's a couple of times where he was having to do. You need to do this. You need to poke this. Go to this. Cut to this. And then maybe like the guests weren't aware that I had to do it, so I had to be like, right. You know, at one point I think I'd say to Butler, shush. Like, just can you stop? Yeah. Just a minute, so yeah. we can get Pips promoted here. Uh, you know, exactly. And let, let Tommy say his bit yeah. when he was Tommy McCarthy as well. Like, yeah. Hats off to he the did man. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And Casey, but um, I think at the very end, after Ronan and Patty's finished fight, um. We were up in the, the sort of choir seats at the very yeah. back at the side of the organ. And I was trying to get all the comedians to come down and get, get a photo of us yeah. all in the ring. Uh-huh. Um, and everyone sort of came down the stairs and then just got distracted by yeah. people to know or whatever. Yeah. But that's when I realised how pissed Willie T was when <laughs> he was sitting topless at this stage uh-huh. with you and that's right. Butler. Butler yeah. I remember just sneaking up behind William and just uh-huh. giving him quite a firm did he uh-huh. like, and he didn't fl- I don't think he even realised that was happening like he no. just kept talking to the camera he was oh he was ridiculous because see by the way that was another fun element just watching him get progressively more yeah. and entering the ring in a more you know unorthodox way each time yeah. was like what's this guy going to do next I mean watching it back and watching it online you just you didn't pick up the, the atmosphere like yeah. in the venue like when Kieran come out and st- did I the tiger at the yeah. start? Like a lot of the fighters were well, obviously me and Cormac were up mm-hmm. first, so we were standing there waiting to be called out. Um, and everyone else was just like loving it, just yeah. sort of looking from the side door, mm-hmm. just going, This is going to be fucking you know what? Class. Like, I, I've seen a few white collar boxing events before, and I have never seen one that was run as professionally and like as big an operation as that. So, yeah. we, everyone involved, it was class, yeah, you know, it was really, really good. And I think everyone should be massively proud of it and especially the 1L guys as well like because I could not mm-hmm. believe how slick it was to mm-hmm. watch because I had my laptop up yeah. in our dressing room yeah oh you um, have it on live the- yeah yeah I so we were all sitting watching the fights um well I say watching I was sort of dipping in and out of yeah out of them um I think I was the only one that bought beers in the kit bag yeah uh, but of but course yeah, you, just, you didn't drink them backstage oh no, no, no. I, I just, just to look at the no yeah, that's the goal I, I don't even know how they get in there no. but um, yeah it was very slick mm-hmm. online yeah so um, hopefully and again like anything you want to move on bigger and better so we'll see what what is yeah. is next for it and I mean I would love to get Tyrone again on commentary he, so was, great. he was cracking as well he was so, great. Um, but now if I would say if I would do something different I would get a lift I would have a few pints during it. Yeah. Um, um, if I would do see. something different, I would probably train. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, what a good way to wrap that up. It was a fun event, Ian. Thank you very much for coming in. Is there anything you want to plug? You'd mentioned your Daft Prick show. Yeah, Daft When's Prick that on? in the, the Sunflower Bar Friday, the 24th of March. I think there's about 20 tickets left. It's going to be an audio-visual shit show with mm-hmm. video clips, stand-up, robot puns, jokes about the French. Boo. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, I don't know, just great fun, guys. That's that's what it's going to be all about. And it's also going to be in via the link in the description of the podcast. So if you want to go straight there to get your links, get on in, get them. Ian, thank you very much. Shen Kui. Shen Kui. Oh.
the sly guy.